reading of Psalm 119 from the New Living Testament, the the um, Recovery Bible. Music in the background. I hope you enjoy it. It's 91.5 Los Angeles. Classical music. I hope it puts a special uh, art and flair the reading of the Psalm 119. Here we go. Happy are people of integrity who follow the law of the Lord. Happy are those who obey his decrees and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your principles. Then I will not be disgraced when I compare my life with your commands. When I learn your righteous laws, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your principles. Please don't give up on me. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your words and following its rules. I have tried my best to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Psalm 119, 1 through 11, it's the powerful secrets that it has according to the recovery Bibles. It, it centers around step 11. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. The secrets we hide have enormous power in our lives. How many of our addictive compulsive behaviors have been hidden or covered up? When we took the step and admitted the exact nature of our addiction um, to answer, to another person, we were probably amazed at the way the addiction lost its power as it was exposed. The power of hidden behaviors and secrets can work for us as well as against us. The psalmist wrote this prayer to God. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Psalms 119.11 If we hide God's word in our heart by memorizing and meditating on it, we will find new power to keep our mind and hearts clean. The power of secrets will also work to our advantage in our prayer life. Jesus taught us that when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father secretly. Then your Father, who knows all secrets, will reward you. Matthew 6, 6. When we begin to spend time shut away with God in prayer and meditation, we will find the power working for us. Amen. Let me read Psalm 119, 1 through 11 again. Happy are people of integrity who follow the law of the Lord. Happy are those who obey His decrees and search for Him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in His path. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your principles. Then I will not be disgraced when I compare my life with your commands. When I learn your righteous laws, I will thank you 
by living as I should. I will obey your principles. Please don't give up on me. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your words and following its rules. I have tried my best to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Amen. Keep coming back. Step 12, reading of Mark 16, 14 to 18. It says, Still later, he appeared to the eleven disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their unbelief, their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen after he had risen. And then he told them, Go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak new languages. They will be able to handle snakes in safety, and if they drink any poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and heal them. Verse 14 to 18. Okay, it says right here, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Step 12. Each one of us has had a valuable story to tell. We may be shy and feel awkward about speaking. We may think that what we have to share is too trivial. It is actually going to help. Is it? Anyone else? Will it help? We may struggle to get beyond the shame of our past experiences, but our recovery story can help others who are trapped back where we were. Are we willing to allow God to use us to help us free others? Jesus tells us this vital task. Go into all the world and preach the good news of salvation from the bondage and penalty of sin to everyone everywhere. Mark 16, 15. The Apostle Paul traveled the world over telling everyone of his conversion. He ended up in chains, but his spirit was free. He presented his defense and his own story of redemption before kings. King Agrippa interrupted him, saying, do you think you can make me a Christian so quickly? Paul replied, Whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am, except for these chains. Acts 26, 28, 29. Within each personal journey from bondage to freedom is a microcosm of the gospel. When people hear our story, even if it seems trivial, we are offering them the chance of, to loosen their chains and begin their own recovery. Amen. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message 
to alcoholics. Let me read that again from 14. Still later, Jesus appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their unbelief. Rebuked them for their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety and if they drink anything poison, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and heal them. Amen. Giving our testimony. We're doing it. We don't even know it. Loving and doing and accepting the ugly. Keep coming back. It works. It's working. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. Real love brings security into our life. Reading John 14, 15 to 26. For many of us, feeling of insecurity contributes to the power of our dependency. Believing that love can bring lasting security may be hard for those of us who have been abandoned. Maybe someone we love betrayed our trust. Perhaps someone turned away from us when we betrayed theirs. It could be that someone we needed died, leaving us permanently. Jesus promised, No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you, John 14, 18. We may ask, How can I trust in God's love when it feels like all I ever known is love that disappoints? Here's the difference. Jesus is the only one who entered our life through the one-way door of death. God showed how much he loved us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. It is not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. 1 John 4, 9 and 10. The psalmist wrote, For he understands how weak we are. He knows we are only dust. The wind blows and we are gone. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. Psalms 103, 14, 18. God's love is unconditional and always waiting for us. Turning our life over to God involves opening the door of our hearts to his love. Filling up on God's love helps us to avoid relapses. It meets us at our deepest need and overcomes our most powerful insecurity. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. John 14, 15 through 26. Here we go. Jesus said in 15, If you love me, obey my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world at large cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you do. 
because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. In just a little while, the world will not see me again. But you will, for I will live again, and you will too. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who obey my commands are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them, and I will reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Iscariot, but the other disciple with the same name, said to, to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, All those who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and live with them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not do what I say. And remember, my words are not my own. This message is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Counselor as my representative, and by the Counselor I mean the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I myself have told you. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5, from the Recovery Bible, on step 10, repeated forgiveness. Verses 3 to 5. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us learn to endure, and endurance develops strength of character in us, and character strengthens our confidence and expectation of salvation. And this expectation will not disappoint us, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We continue to take personal inventory, and when we are wrong, promptly admitting it, step 10. Okay, let me read that again. Romans 5, 3 to 5. It says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us to learn to endure. And endurance develops strength of character in us. And character strengthens our confidence, expectation of salvation. And this expectation will not disappoint us, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Amen. Praising and thanking God that you're under trials and problems. It's a good way to strengthen and feel the love of God. And you'll go through three phases. First, you'll get um, self-pitying. Why me? Second, you accept it. And then third, it just goes on. You'll get angry. Or first, you get angry. Then you feel self-pitying. 
then you accept it, and then the reward comes. Right here it says, yes, there's a big reward because of the love of God. It says right here the character will increase. You know, we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us learn to endure, and endurance develops strength of character in us. And character strengthens our confidence expectation of salvation. And this expectation will not disappoint us, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And the process is that little boy, the little girl inside of us that wants to cry and get the easy way out and have our parents do it for us is you got the problem, you might as well, you got the, the test, you might as well start thanking God and going through the emotions, thanking God. You know, the anger, the self-pitying, and then the action. I'll do this if you want me to and thank you through it and have a good attitude and just keep on going on, keep on doing it, keep on doing the hard work. After it becomes <clears throat> second nature, the hard work, you know, just thanking and praising God, and you you remove the, the situation, the problem, by thanking and praising. Though it's still there, but it's not eating your lunch. Then God will fix it. He will. Re that's called salvation. You will receive your reward. That's my personal experience. Let's see what the Recovery Bible says. We may grow impatient with ourselves when we continue to commit the same sins over and over again. This may cause us to get discouraged. Or we may be afraid that we are doomed to relapse. Peter asked Jesus, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No. Jesus replied, 70 times 7, Matthew 18, 21, 22. And this is to be our attitude towards others. Doesn't it make sense that we should extend the same grace to ourselves? We need to be as patient with ourselves as God expects us to be with others. Paul wrote, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us to learn to endure. They help us to learn to endure, and endurance develops strength of character in us and character strength of our confidence expectation of salvation. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love, Romans 5, 3 and 5. Now there's another big uh, illustration right here that the Holy Spirit, we, ha we know that we know that we have the Holy Spirit because we're concerned about our salvation. We're concerned that we do it right. We're concerned uh, we know we have the Holy Spirit because... Uh, you know, we want to be okay with the Father. We want to be in communication with the Father. We don't want to break that communication with sin. We feel bad about sin. That's the Holy Spirit. So you start thanking God and praising Him that you're a mess up. And once you praise Him, you're a mess up. You let the love of God in your heart and and He, he forgives you. Then you're connected with Him. And then from there, you grow it by praising God. 
Learning to wait patiently is an important characteristic for us to develop. Each time we admit sin and accept God's forgiveness, our hope and fate have a chance to be exercised and grow stronger. We no longer have to hide in the shame every time we slip. We can admit our wrongs and move on. God loves us for is affirm every time we rely on it. God's love for us is real firm every time we rely on it. In this way, God helps us to hold our head high no matter what happens. Amen. That's step 10. We continue to take personal inventory, and when we're wrong, promptly admit it. One of the key verses is to be honest. You know, if someone's bugging you, uh, talk about it. You know, if someone's eating your lunch, talk about it. Uh, it's best to get it all out and uh, and get out in the front because um, there are people out there that attack and their only um, efforts and evil is to, to get you to uh, use or drink again or be discouraged. Uh, you know, you just want to expose the people right away, you know, and uh, to thy own self be true. All right now, take care. God bless you. Step six, healing the brokenness. Bible reading, Psalm 51, 16 to 19. But God says to the wicked, recite my laws no longer. And don't pretend that you obey me, for you refuse my discipline and treat my laws like trash. When you see a thief, you help him, and you spend your time with adulterers. Your mouth are filled with wickedness, and your tongues are full of lies. You sit around and slander a brother, your own mother's son. While you did all this, I remained silent. And you thought I didn't care, but now I will rebuke you, listing all my charges against you. Repent, all of you who ignore me, or I will tear you apart, and no one will help you. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. Step six, healing the brokenness. We were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. If we have sincerely practiced the previous steps, we have probably found enough pain inside ourselves to break our heart. Facing the fact that brokenness is part of the human condition can be crushing, but if we have arrived at this point, it is probably a sign that we are ready for God to change us. As a young man, King David wasn't ready for God to change his character because he didn't recognize that it had defects. He prayed, don't let me suffer the hate of sinners. I am not like God. I do what is right, so in your mercy save me. Psalms 26, 9-11. He approached God on the basis of his own merit. It wasn't until later in his life when he was confronted with his sins of adultery and murder that he was able to say, For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. 
He also said, you would not be pleased with sacrifices or I would bring them. The sacrifice you want is a broken spirit, a broken and repented heart. O oh God, you will not despise. Jesus taught that God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God isn't looking for evidence on how good we are or how hard we try. He only wants us to mourn over our sins and admit our brokenness. Then he will not ignore our needs, but will forgive us, comfort us, and cleanse us. Amen. And the verse that I read, it says, But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. The salvation of God is, is not only heavenly salvation, but also earthly goods, you know, and restoration. But sticking to the path is thanking God and praising him by giving and giving him thanks. It's a sacrifice because you have a problem, you have a condition, you have a situation, you have anger, you have jealousy. Start thanking God, thanking God. Hallelujah. And you'll, you'll experience the salvation or the help or the reward. You'll experience the reward of God, but you've got to stick to the path. Make a choice to thank him. Get angry, but keep thanking him. Get self-pitying, but keep thanking him. Uh, and then keep thanking him and keep doing it. And then you'll come up with salvation on the other side. Amen to that. Amen. Step six. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Living one day at a time is a dis discipline that we all have to focus on when we are in recovery. Reading for today is out of Matthew 6, 25 through 34. It says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food, drink, or clothes, doesn't life consist of more than food and clothing? Look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest or put food in barns because they, your heavenly Father feeds them, and you are for, far more valuable to Him than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment into your life? Of course not. And why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all of his glory, was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you? You have so little faith. So don't worry about having enough. food or drink or clothing, why be like the pagans who are deeply concerned about these things? Your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs, and He will give you all you need from day to day if you live for Him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. 
So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Okay, let's pray the serenity prayer again. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. It is easy to slip back into worrying about tomorrow, dwelling on what-ifs and the if-onlys. Each day brings a host of things we cannot change. There will always be circumstances beyond our control. We must also face the reality of who we are. Human beings confined within the slice of life we call today. It is tempting to deny the present, but escaping reality is part of the insanity of our addictive way of life. Jesus said, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Matthew 6, 27 and 34. The prophet Jeremiah said, The unfailing love of the Lord never ends. By His mercies, we have been kept from complete destruction. Great is His faithfulness. We have been kept from complete destruction. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each day. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. Since God's grace comes in daily doses, that's the best way to face life. We need to ask ourselves at every turn in life, am I expecting, am I accepting this present moment or am I pretending trying to escape into the past or the future? Each day there is something to find joy in. And there is strength promised for the troubles of that day. The psalmist wrote, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Psalms 118.24 We too can choose to find joy, strength, and sanity when we accept each day's realities. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's study. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. I appreciate your involvement. Let's go ahead and pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, Correction. This is the King James Bible. I grabbed the wrong one. I must have about 15 Bibles in the house. Not, Not counting the small ones. I came out here to get some sun. It's a lot of noise. It's Friday. People are coming home. The first epistle of John, by the witness of eternal evidence in comparison with the Gospel of John, was manifest written by the Apostle John. It is a family letter from the father to his little children who are in the world. 
With the possible exception of the Song of Solomon, it is the most intimate of the inspired writings. The sins of a Christian is treated as a child's offense against his father and is dealt with as a family matter. The moral government of the universe is not in question. The child's sin as an offense against the law has been met in the cross, and Jesus Christ the righteous is now his advocate with the Father. John Gospel leads across the threshold of the Father's house. His first epistle makes us at home there. A tender word is used for children from the Greek word technia, a diminute meaning little children born once as the Scottish Bayerns, whereas Paul is occupied with the Christian's public position as a son. John has in mind the believer's nearness as the one born of the Father. First John may be divided as follows. Introduction, little children in fellowship, little children and their enemies, little children and the Lord's return, little children contrasted with children of Satan, little children and false teachers, and little children assured and warned. And then we have a conclusion. Introduction. I'm reading to you from the New Scofield Reference Edition, Holy Bible, Oxford. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For this life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Little children and fellowship. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And we have a footnote. It says right here, walking in the light is explained in verses 8 through 10. Ephesians 5.13, through the word of God, the indwelling Holy Spirit shows the Christian that he still possesses an old nature and needs the forgiveness of his sins. The blood of Christ is the divine provision for both the advocacy. To walk in the light is to live in fellowship with the Father and the Son. 
Sin interrupts fellowship but cannot change relationship. Confession restores fellowship and immediate confession keeps the fellowship unbroken. Beautiful, beautiful. Chapter 2. My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the right, the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. By this know we that we are in him. He that saith he abided in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hated his brother, is in darkness even until now. He that loved his brother abided in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hated his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not where he goeth, because Darkness has blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the world, the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abided in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eye, the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust of it, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, by which we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not at all of us. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is Christ, 
He is the Antichrist that denied the Father and the Son. Whosoever denied the Son, the same has not the Father. He that confesseth the Son has the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning you shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of him abided in you, and you need not that any man teaches you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that does righteousness is born of him. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, chapter 3, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knoweth not him. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it does not yet appear what shall we be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Little children. Whoever committed his sin transgressed the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abided in him sinned not. Whosoever sinned has not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remained in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifested, and the children of the devil Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was that of the wicked one, and kill his brother. And why he killed him? Because his own words were evil and his brother's righteous. Why will not, my brethren, if the world hates you? We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abided in death. Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. 
But whosoever has this world's goods and see his brother have need and shut it up his compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are the, of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment, that you love one another. That we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandment dwell in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abided in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Here and in similar places of this epistle, the Greek verb has the force of continuous presence tense and thus denotes a person's habitual attitude towards sin as expressed in his practice or non-practice of it. John is not speaking of a state of perfection in which it is impossible for Christians ever to sin, but he is stressing the fact that a Christian can not keep on practicing sin because he is born of God. Righteousness here and in the passage having marginal reference to this verse means the righteousness life which is the result of salvation through Christ. By God's grace, the Christian does righteously because he has been made righteous. Hallelujah. Chapter 4. <clears throat> Beloved, believe not every spirit, but test the spirit whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone into the world. By this you would know you that the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is known uh, that he that is not of God careth us not. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth not. He that loveth Know it, not know it, not God's, for God is love. He that loveth, not know it, not God, for God is love. 
And this was manifested the love of God towards us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the appropriation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this know that we dwell in him and he in us. Because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God will dwell in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God, the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our lovable perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of retirement. In the day of retirement. Day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast it off here. Because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man says, I love God, and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can, how can he who he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this is commandment. Have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also? Chapter 5. Whoever believeth that Jesus Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begot, begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcometh the world, and it's the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, it is the present. Even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood, and it is the Spirit that hear it witness, that bear it witness, be, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit, 
the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God has the witness in himself. He that believeth not God has made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave his Son. And this is the record, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God has not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may be believe on the name of the Lord of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his name, he will hear us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. 16. If any man sees his brother sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall be grieving. He shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There's a sin unto death. I do not want there's a sin unto death. I did not. Uh, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that God. And we know that we are of God and the whole world light in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come and that has given us the understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in his, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. The word of the Lord. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a good day.